1: Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.
0: It's time now to go beyond the headlines. And for the next two hours, go where every sports fan wants to go. Behind the scenes and into the practice facilities, locker rooms, coaches' offices, and press boxes to get the info before anyone else. This is the ESPN 1320 Insiders.
2: Good morning. Hello. Good morning. Good morning. Happy Wednesday, everybody. I'm Kyle Madsen. That's James Ham. We're hanging out with you until noon already on ESPN 1320 Sacramento sports leader. And we have a ton of get ton to get to today. The Kings blow out the Pistons kind of weirdest blowout I think I've ever seen. Yes. 131 to 110. You know what? I'm not even going to call it a blowout. It was a lopsided score. I'm not calling that. It can't be a blowout when it was tied with
3: like eight minutes to go. I'm sorry. Kyle, I can't get there. I don't know if it can be a blowout when you give a forty-seven points boy. in the first quarter oh boy. to a three-team win. Three-win team. Three-win team. That's what I meant. Three-team win. Three-team wow. win. Wow. That's
2: like a three-way trade where every team comes out on the right side. Yes. Yeah, one thirty-one to one ten, and man, you know, I, I, I texted you during the game. They gave up forty-seven to the Pistons in the first quarter, and. I te- because it's the Pistons, I te- I, I we, were, we were talking during the game and I said, I'm giving them a quarter, another quarter before I call this a clown show. Mm. Because that's like the ultimate, like when I'm done with the thing, that's what it is. And I was like, I'm giving them another quarter because this is the Pistons. They're dreadful. And then sure enough, end of the second quarter, Kings up three. And eventually they go on to, to win by 21. I I It's a a weird vibe for this game because they blew out on the scoreboard a terrible Pistons team. Yes. But so many of the issues that we've seen them have this year in these types of games were present. It was like the duality of the Kings was just on full display. In the first quarter and the third quarter, they are down what, what were they down 18 after the first quarter something like that I think they were down 18 after the first quarter and then they tied the Pistons in the third quarter so they were a minus 18 in those two quarters but then a plus whatever it is to, to win by 21 over the other two quarters well Kyle 39 so
3: hey they opened the third quarter on a 15 to 3 run they just punched them right in the face and the game should have been over yeah
2: and then they stopped and they, Clawed back in the, the uh, Pistons what, did. Yeah, I don't. I, and and you see the Pistons are ready on a night in, night out basis. The Pistons are ready. We talk we talk about this phrase all the time. Like this is phrase of the year for the Kings. Let go of the rope, right? Yep. You see the Pistons do that night in and night out, and they did it in the third quarter, and the Kings let them grab it again. Yes. And we 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 talked on yesterday's show. These are NBA players. You can't take them for granted. You gotta you gotta step on their necks, and you gotta blow them out. Like, yep. don't give them hope. And it looked like they were on their way to doing that. And if they had won by... If they had just taken control in the third quarter and won by 21, then okay, great. You had a bad first half, but you came back, you throttled them. But you can't even say that. They really pulled away in the final, like I said, eight, nine minutes? Yeah. Well, of, mm.
3: The concern I have is Demonis Abonis, because of the way that game went, had to play 38 minutes last night in the first right. night of a back-to-back. Keegan Murray... Played thirty four minutes and forty seconds. De'Aaron Fox, who needs, who needs a break as bad as any player well, I've he was seen. Thirty three points, uh, uh, thirty three minutes and eighteen seconds. Kevin Herter even played twenty nine minutes. Trey Lyles played thirty two minutes. Malik Monk twenty eight minutes. Like that is not what you needed on the front side of a back to back, and mm-hmm. it's because you, you just let off the gas in the third quarter. Like what were you doing? You brought up De'Aaron Fox.
2: And I don't want to harp on the Fox thing because it's not like he's he, I feel no differently about him as a player. He he's had a couple of rough games though. Yeah. And he was I mean he earned a couple of bad nights, but it's reached the point now. He had four turnovers in the first quarter. In the first quarter, he had 12 uh, four turnovers. All right? Yeah. Going into last night, he had six games with four or more turnovers. Oof. I, I, he just he, he has had m- so many outings this year where he hasn't reached that number in his in 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 his entire night, and he did it in the first quarter. And then he has the breakaway dunk where he just hit, the ball flew out of his hands.
3: Full on space jam, uh, full on like, like someone took the basketball player out of him. It was just like g- like, what, like what what just happened? You just got space jammed. It's so rare that something happens on a
2: basketball court where I go, I could do that. I could one hundred percent do that.
3: Oh yeah,
2: you need me to grab a ball and throw it in the air? I got you. <laughs> I think- no, it's just it, it's it. That play really – it's not just because of that play, but that play encapsulates everything we talked about yesterday with Fox. Like, man, he is just not right right now.
3: Yeah, I'm going to say this. I think physically the last three or four games he didn't look right. Last night he started to look right physically, Mm -hmm. but you can tell that he's mentally exhausted as well. Mm -hmm. So I'm like these guys are – like when you're averaging 30 a game forever Mm -hmm. and I think there's a little bit of a letdown that he Mm -hmm. knows that he's dropped down to like 28 now and that he's taken a a, a step back Mm -hmm. but I I also feel like there's an issue with that where it's kind of a letdown for him as well because he wants to be an all-nba player he wants these things and so maybe mentally he he's needing a break as well physically Mm -hmm. You can see it was like the struggle is real last week, like straight legged, like Mm -hmm. really struggling to get upstairs. Um, I think he's fought through that. I Mm -hmm. think his body has fought through, but that doesn't mean that the mind and the body are together. And I think late in the game, sure. He showed up and he started to look like himself. Yeah. And that's what you're hoping for that. He slowly starts to come right back on again. Yeah. Yeah.
2: Yeah. I I mean, ideally like, look, and we're going to talk about this. A win is a win is a win there, eight games over 500. Now that's great. But those issues persist on a night where you would hope, man, this team has not had a a night where they just, hey, up 30 in the fourth quarter, Domas, Fox, Keegan, all sit. You would hope that they would, and this is, I guess, my frustration with them, is you would hope that this team that has suffered so many bad losses this year, so many inexplicable performances... Mm-hmm. would go out against a three-win Detroit team. Three wins. And go, hey, we are putting the screws to this team and we are going to dominate start to finish. You're not going to have a problem getting up for a bad team. It's nothing like that. Just go out and smoke these guys. Show that, hey, we're not we're not going to get in the realm of that bad loss again. And then they give up 47 points in the first quarter. And they they let Detroit tie the game in the fourth quarter. Yeah. The turnaround is great. You love to see the fight. You love to see them not punting a game, a road game in Detroit to start the road trip. That would have been a brutal vibe and a brutal look Mm -hmm. if you go into Little Caesars Arena and lose that game. So you, you definitely prefer to win, but the way they went about it, and maybe I'm being picky. Maybe my standard is too high. But the way they went about that win last night was not as satisfactory as I, as I thought we were going to see.
3: Yeah. Well, I think the problem is that you see the light switch that turns on and off with this team. Yeah. And so sometimes the problem is they can't figure out how to get the light switch to turn on. Mm -hmm. Right. And and so we've seen that too many times. Mm -hmm. And then other games where the light switch is like crazy on the whole time. Mm -hmm. And then other games where halfway through the game, the light switch comes on and you're like, Oh, okay. They're fine. Yeah. We saw it in Atlanta. We saw it now in Detroit. So we, we now have like three different versions of the team. We have the really bad version, mm-hmm. the really good version, and then the half bad, half good version. <laughs> and I, <laughs> I, again, I'd, you know we can say, hey, you almost lost to a three-win team. Hey, this team lost to the Charlotte Hornets, who now have eight wins. One of those right. wins is Sacramento Kings. Yeah. They lost to the Portland Trailblazers, who have 10 wins. One of those wins is against the Sacramento Kings. If they take just those two games, where they didn't walk in and stomp on somebody that they should have, you're 12 games over five hundred, Man. That's the difference. And it's it's rough, but that's where this team, you know, two games like that matter. Right now they would be the fourth seed. They would be, again, they'd only be like three games, two games out of first place. But, hey, shoulda, coulda, woulda. Like that's you got to find a way to to be more consistent and to uh, to step up in moments where you know you're tired or or you know somebody else doesn't have it that night. Somebody mm-hmm. somebody has to step up.
2: Last thing on this before we get to the Pascal Siakam update from Sam Amick today in the Athletic: the Pistons stink. <laughs> Holy
3: cow, they are so bad. They're like Bojan Bog- Bogdanovich and nothing else. And that's bad. Yeah. He's uh, like, the, their problem
2: is, their problem is, is they have all these young dudes. First of all, their problem is <laughs> Kyle Draper and Katie Christensen were talking about this on the, on the broadcast last night. <laughs> the Pistons backup center situation is basically James Wiseman V Marvin Bagley for minutes. Oh. And yeah. right now James Wiseman is winning. Yeah. And James Wiseman is awful. It's it's a bunch of young players like you love. Okay, you're accumulating young talent. Like Kevin Knox is still young and it's Asar Thompson, it's Jaden Ivey. The problem is is all those guys are out there trying to get their own. Nobody's playing within any kind of system. It's like, yeah, hey, you go one on one. Okay, now it's my turn to go one on one. Okay, now he's gonna go one on one.
3: That's the problem with young players, man. They all come into the league thinking that are (laughs) gonna be the next big thing.
2: How many how many drives did the Pistons have last night where they'd break down the first defender and they'd get in the paint? Like, I'm gonna score. And then the Kings would collapse, and they'd have no plan. The Kings oh, yeah. got so many buckets off the Pistons just throwing them the ball. It's wild. It's good. No, it's. Good. I mean, you. It's a good adjustment by the Kings to to create offense out of Detroit's bad offense.
3: I, I totally agree.
2: Just atrocious. Uh, Pascal Siakam update from Sam Amick. We'll also have James' six quick thoughts on this game. We'll we'll dive a little bit further into. Kings-Pistons, again, Kings-131, Pistons-110. Although, if you're listening to this program, I'm sure you already know that. Uh, Sam Amick in The Athletic Today published a piece that detailed what he what he knows about Pascal Siakam, what he knows about the Lakers and, and Warriors coaching situations. But here's what he said about Pascal Siakam. A couple quotes, and then I'll let you kind of react. Yeah. This much is clear. Siakam would not be excited if he were traded to Sacramento. That's one thing that, that Amick wrote. Another thing, according to two league sources... The Kings should have very little, if any, optimism regarding the prospect of Siakam re signing in the summer if they were to land him. And then the last thing I'll, I'll paraphrase here Siakam seeking, seeking a full term, max salary deal, no matter where he ultimately lands. Um, and that he doesn't view the Kings as a good long term fit if the Raptors choose to move on. Mm. That to me closes the door entirely. It's done. It's de- it just not yeah. even from. Because like you you noted this yesterday. The Kings could still trade for him. The Kings could still put together a package that the Raptors go, great, yeah, we'll take it. But it doesn't, now from the Kings standpoint, Like, forget building a trade package. If that's the case, if what Sam Amick is reporting here is the case, that Siakam's like, nah, I don't see it. This is not worth the risk. The, The juice is not worth the squeeze there. If not only do you have to convince this guy to stay in your city and stay with your team... But then to do it, it's also going to cost you the supermax.
3: Yeah, or that's the, what where to, ah, like you really have to start considering oh. how your your long term team build, team build is going to happen. Yeah, and it's nearly impossible if that's his stance. Yeah. And you know, there's a reason why he's not already locked up into a long term deal. Although, like, look, I think Toronto's playing really well right now. Mm-hmm. Maybe he is the guy that ushers his team to the next uh, the next generation mm-hmm. of Raptors, and he's sort of the senior statesman that stays with them. Mm-hmm. But this is a hot mess, and the best thing for the Kings to do is do exactly what they did with the Ben yep. Simmons deal a couple of years ago. Yep. When you realize that they, that it's a hot mess, you get away from it as quickly as possible, and yep. you go find somewhere else to, to make your trades.
2: Yep. We will talk more about this and why this is the right thing to do because financially, like you said, this becomes a mess for the Kings. We'll dive into that. But first, we got to get to James' thoughts on the game last night. Six quick thoughts coming up next on ESPN 1320, Sacramento Sports Leader.
0: You're listening to The Insiders with James Hamm and Kyle Madsen, sponsored by Jiffy Lube on ESPN 1320 and 98.5 HD2, Sacramento Sports Leader. Insiders with James Ham and Kyle Madsen, brought to you by Jiffy Lube on ESPN thirteen twenty.
2: Kings one thirty one, Pistons one ten. Maybe a little uglier than the Kings might have liked, but you walked out of Detroit with a one with a twenty one point win. Now you go to Charlotte tonight. We will dive into that Kings Hornets game, the second night of a back to back trying to get revenge on a Hornets team that came into your building and won. Mm-hmm. So we will dive into all of that. But before we talk Hornets, before we talk Pascal Siakam update, before I tell you about the seven Kings wins you meet in heaven, I can't wait to dive into that. Oh, yeah. We have to get to six quick thoughts with our guy, James Ham
0: How'd yesterday's Kings game go? King's insider James Ham has six notes you need to know. Here are James Ham's six quick thoughts.
2: Gets better every time. Oh, I love it. If you're unfamiliar after every single King's get... Oh, no. Ah! My buttons went away. Uh-oh. I can't ding you into your next point. Oh, no. Oh, no. So if you're unfamiliar with the program, uh... Uh, after every single Kings game, James will tweet out his six quick thoughts. And I said, hey, we should talk about those on the radio. So, oh, thank God they're done. Oh, uh, we said, hey, we should talk about those on the radio. So, uh, that's what we do. James, your first quick thought from last night's Kings game.
3: Gave him a chance. Everyone else kind of walked into that game not knowing what in the world they were doing and played poorly. Demona Sabonis backpacked this team. Mm-hmm while the rest of the the guys were figuring it out, he at least kept them within 30. And, (laughs) like, in all honesty, when you give up 47 and a quarter, you're lucky if you're not down 30. Yep. And the fact that he finished a game with 37 points, 10 rebounds, 13 assists, three steals, his ninth triple-double of the season, which puts him just two behind Nikola Jokic for the lead in the NBA. He's got, what is it, 19 straight double-doubles. This guy is playing out of his mind. He's over 20 points a game. He's just been amazing. And in this game, if it wasn't for him, this was a 40-point blowout the wrong way.
2: Yeah, 7 of 8 in the first quarter, 15 points. He was a minus 16, but that's because of everything else that was going on around him. I love that he took over the way he did in the first quarter last night. Very clear the Kings had nothing going it was also very clear Detroit had nobody could, who could defend him, and so he was taking it into the low block. He was shoving his way to the rim, made a couple of nice little spin moves in the post, showed off some post moves, showed off some good footwork, and had 15 first-quarter points, and I'm, I'm right there with you, man. Even a even if he has nine points, it's a good quarter. If he does nine points, they're getting smoked in this game, I think. So Totally. Shout-out to Domas. Really good game for him. Number two.
3: Uh, number two. Uh, he brought it. Um Sabonis kept them afloat mm-hmm. but the moment that Malik Monk stepped on the court you could tell that this was not the Charlotte game. He was ready, he was energetic, he got his teammates involved, he finished with 20 points, 8 assists. 9 I thought, assists. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah, 9 assists. Boy, I I messed that up. Sorry. Sorry piece of paper. Uh, I'm just
2: trying to make sure Malik gets his credit. That's all.
3: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I correct that as I'm going through the end of the game. But yeah, Malik Monk, absolutely tremendous as the number two guy in this game.
2: He's the most important player, man. I think you see it in a, in a game Changing like that night for sure. Yeah, yes. they needed
3: a bucket. He's
2: getting to the rack. He hit a big three late in that game. I think that that he hit the, he hit a three that put them up nine late in, or, or or early in the fourth quarter. And that was when the wheels really came off for Detroit and the Kings started to pull away. So I, I mean, Malik is excellent. And when he's as good as he was last night, the Kings are really hard to beat. Number three.
3: I, I totally agree. Uh, takeover. Uh, Sabonis kept him afloat. Monk gave him the, the big boost. It was Keegan Murray who shook off a slow start you know he loves to go up against Jaden Ivey. Uh, of course, Jaden Ivey got to uh, be in the the photo array with the top four picks. Even though Keegan Murray was a fourth pick and he was a fifth, uh, there's been some disrespect there with the way that Detroit handled themselves when they drafted when when Keegan Murray was drafted number four and Jaden Ivey dropped to them. Uh, it feels good to to like light them up and 32 points, five rebounds, two blocks, huge night for Keegan Murray.
2: 13 of 17 from the floor, and all four of his misses were from three.
3: Oof, and they he was, was all perfect, early.
2: He was a perfect 12 for 12 from
3: two. Yeah. His, um, they keep setting his his dunks at Wait, point that's five. Not right.
2: Hang on. That's not right. Keep going. Sorry.
3: They keep setting his dunks eight at point .5 on, on price picks. Mm-hmm. Like, there's one game I can remember where he didn't get at least <laughs> one dunk. Yeah. So, yeah, that's... That's a winner.
2: No, I thought he did a great job last night. Obviously, the the three-point shots are going to fall sometimes and sometimes they're not, but getting to his spots, and when he's doing that consistently, you see him have games like last night where he has 32 points. Mm -hmm. He is tall enough to get to his spot and basically get his jumper wherever he wants, and when he's doing that, even in the mid-range, like there's all this talk about the mid-range is a bad shot. The mid-range is only a bad shot if you don't make it, and if you can hit a mid-range shot at a high clip, you should be taking him. Keegan can, and when he's getting to that mid range, when he's knocking down threes, we you just mentioned it. He yeah. gets to the rack, smart cutter. He's just he's a really really hard guard, and I think you saw it last night.
3: I I totally agree. He's he's coming into his own, and yep. this is a good thing. Yep. Number four, uh, Space Jammed. Uh, De'Aaron Fox did not look like himself. <laughs> oh, it fully looked like someone just pulled the basketball player right out of him. He figured it out. He found himself. Yeah. But those four turnovers early, the five turnovers for the game, the one turnover where he literally blew a, a fast-break layup uh, or dunk and just threw the ball up in the air, like that's just not De'Aaron Fox.
2: Inexplicable.
3: Yeah, the, the mental focus, It he, he's struggling a little bit, but he'll be all right.
2: Yeah, yeah. I, I I think they need to get into a big game. They've got Milwaukee coming up. They have Phoenix coming up. And what's the other one on this trip?
3: Uh, Philly. Philly. Philly's the I think next you see, one after tonight. I think
2: you see a, a more... Uh, dialed in De'Aaron Fox in, in a couple, if not all, of those games. Yeah. Also, super encouraging. Four of six from the floor, two of three from beyond the arc with 10 points in the fourth quarter. Okay. Didn't put up any other stats, but got going offensively. Confidently, The the he missed a three, and then on the next possession came down and got a look from the left wing. He had all day. He sets his feet, took a rhythm dribble, and then shot it. Yeah. And I was so worried because he started to... He he caught it on the wing and he st- it looked like he was going to put it on the deck and drive, mm-hmm. and it's like dude you I, I, that was going to be worrying if he stopped confidently taking those three. So I love that he took a little rhythm dribble, knocked down a three, and had a really good fourth quarter. All
3: right, number five. Uh, number five, a different kind of trade day. Lyles missed last game with an ankle injury, um, and this one I, I think people may have missed that the Kings were getting dominated on the on the uh, rebounding numbers in the mm-hmm. first quarter. And then they end up blowing out the the Pistons in the rebound number. A lot of that was Trey Lyles. Mm-hmm. Trey Lyles sensed what his team needed. He hit a couple of threes, but the eight rebounds. Trey Lyles ran a plus 31 mm-hmm. in 24, 25 minutes last night. Man. Like, he was super impactful. He played 11
2: minutes in the fourth quarter and was a plus 16. He recorded one rebound, and that's the only thing he did in the box score. Oof. Like, that's that he's yeah. being impactful without having to put the ball in the hoop. Yeah. He's doing a good job defensively. You mentioned the rebounds throughout the game. He finished the game with eight. He took charges. He took, yes, I took think two. Took a couple charges. Yeah. In key spots as well. Yes. Like, so I, I'm I'm super impressed with what Trey Lyles has done. Not necessarily offensively, because you know what he brings to the to the team offensively. Mm-hmm. But more and more, you're starting to see defensively. Just knowing he's not a super athletic defender or anything like that. You're not comfortable, you know, throwing him on Steph Curry or whatever. But gets to the right spots, willing to take a charge, smart player. I yeah. I, I I am here for. Any and all Trey Lyles minutes.
3: Yeah, I'm a big fan of watching Trey Lyles play basketball. Okay. He's just impactful.
2: Number six, last one. Uh,
3: rotational shift. Mike Brown started Kevin Herter, which hmm. uh, we sort of predicted here yesterday that might be happening. Um, Juan Toscano Anderson, which I did not see that coming. Keon Ellis, Alex Len. Again, these are all things that we had discussed yesterday that might be like the pulse of this team mm-hmm. Is say those guys that had five or six games to make their mark, they hadn't. And Mike Brown moved on.
2: Yeah, and I think that's what we're going to continue seeing. I want to talk about JTA a little bit and that rotation stuff. Let's let's, let's yeah. dig into that next, and then we'll get into the Pascal Siakam news from Sam Amick this morning. Uh, that's all coming up next on The Insider, sponsored by Jiffy Lube.
0: You're listening to The Insiders with James Hamm and Kyle Madsen, sponsored by Jiffy Lube on ESPN 1320 and 98.5 HD2, Sacramento sports leader. Call from mom. Answer it
1: Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today.
0: Now, back to the insiders with James Ham and Kyle Madsen. Brought to you by Jiffy Loop on ESPN 1320.
2: That yeah, is, thank you everybody for listening. Wherever you're listening from, maybe you're listening on the radio, maybe you're listening on the free Odyssey app. Perhaps you are on YouTube at youtube.com slash ESPN 1320. Maybe you're at Twitch, twitch.tv slash ESPN 1320. Maybe you're watching on Twitter. X. I hate that. Mm. It's Twitter. It is Twitter. That's just, that's it. It's Twitter. Or X. Whatever you call it. If you're watching on that, shout out. Thank you. Juan Toscano Anderson played last night for the Kings. And not like mop-up duty garbage time. Like they were getting smoked... And they needed a little spark. Mm -hmm. And Mike Brown actually talked about that after the game, why he went to JTA, who first came back with the Kings since getting cut or released or waived or whatever. He he waived uh,
3: on Sunday so he could clear waivers before the January 10th deadline to waive players before his money became guaranteed. Right. And then they signed him to a 10-day contract. Right. Yep.
2: So he was in uniform for the first time last night. Here's Mike Brown on why he went to JTA. For sure. Juan, I mean, he just got back in uniform, I think, tonight before the game. And so I didn't plan on playing him. I just thought we needed a little jolt of energy. I thought we needed something defensively. We needed guys that, that, that would fly around. And, and uh, so I called Juan's number. That's what he does. Yeah, man. And I thought he did that, honestly. Like if every I know that that I know that JTA is not he's a fringe NBA player. Yes. He just he is from offensively defensively he is a end of the bench guy. Good great person, great locker room guy. Yes. Everybody appears to love him on whatever team he's ever been on. And that's great. But he's not a player that if We talked yesterday, if the Kings started the playoffs today, what would their playoff rotation look like? Juan's not in it. God love him. Yeah. But I think he has immense value because of what Mike Brown just said. On a night where the Kings, once again, mind you, look sluggish and out of sorts and not playing with a lot of energy, JTA is going to at least give you that every minute he's on the floor. Every minute Juan Toscano Anderson is on the floor, you're never going to be like, man, it felt like JTA just wasn't out there tonight. Like, no, you're going to see him. It might not always be great. The good might, or the bad, you're going to see He might get beat offensively Yep. Or, or defensively. He might not make a ton of shots offensively. He might have a turnover here and there. But he is going to bust his ass. And frankly, sometimes, and this is the frustration with the Kings for me, is they are, if if every if every player on their roster approached every minute they were on the floor the way Juan Toscano-Anderson does, they wouldn't have nights like last night's first quarter. They wouldn't lose to Charlotte. They wouldn't lose to Portland. And that, that I think, sh- shows la- last night specifically and JTA being brought into the game and providing that just little spark, that little hustle, that little energy where people go, okay, I need to match that. I think that that matters a lot. And I commend Mike Brown for having the guts and the willingness to be like, all right, Hey, this guy on a 10 day we just suited up tonight. Get in there. And that's why he's here.
3: Yeah. I honestly, I think it's a little bit of a shot across the bow for some of the other players. Like, look, that's what we're expecting. Yeah. Right. But I also think here's, here's the, but I think the Keon Ellis does that exact same thing. And strangely enough for a guy who's a two way player, who's in, you know, his second NBA season, He does it at a more refined level. Mm -hmm. Like he's a better three-point shooter. He plays within the flow of the offense better. Like there are things that you can do. Like for me, there were times last night where Juan Toscano Anderson looked like that, uh, the like blow up thing outside of the tire center, you know, the, the thing with the waving arms Mm -hmm. and, and I get it. He brought energy. He, he, uh, He's there to do whatever Mike Brown wants him to do. He's a Mike Brown guy, and I respect that. Mm-hmm. I also think that last season we saw the same exact thing. This team held on to uh, Matthew Vadova because of this same thing. Like when he does get in the game, he mm-hmm. shows you how what a pro who wants to be in the league, who's fought to stay in the league, looks like. Mm-hmm. And that for me is good. But at the same time, like I think this team has other players that can do it. It's just, like, how many minutes are you going to give him? I, I don't think, you know, if we're we're sitting here for the next four games and he's playing, you know, 15, 16 minutes a night, I, I'm not sure what your plan that's, is because he's a he's a 10-day contract.
2: I don't think that's, I, that's the thing, though, is I don't think that's going to be the case. I think it was very much last night. They gave up 47 freaking points in the first quarter. Oh, yeah. And they had nothing for Detroit. They had nothing. That's wild. And so Mike Brown went, "Hey, all right, here's this guy. Like I I would be not stunned, but I'd be a little bit surprised if they just went back to JTA tonight, especially if if Sacramento's up, you know, up in the first quarter or, or it's even in the first quarter and they're they're just kind of going back and forth. I don't think it's like, okay, hey, JTA is the guy now." Yeah. But last night they needed something. And that's something that frankly Mike Brown has done all year. He's not hesitated to move things around and put players in different spots. That's like how Keon Ellis got first put into the put into the rotation
3: no totally i think that that's the the good thing that i've seen with mike brown it's a merit-based system Mm -hmm. and the first thing someone's going to say well what about harrison barnes and it's i i can honestly say i I don't have the answer for why harrison barnes plays a you know 33 minutes in a game where he doesn't have any rebounds Mm -hmm. but you started to see last night if mike brown has other options that he feels comfortable with Maybe he won't play Harrison Barnes all those minutes and that's again that's what we saw last night Harrison Barnes only played what 14 minutes yep and and in those 14 minutes O of one from the field O of two from the free throw line one rebound one assist zero points that cannot be what they're getting and, and like to be frank, that's why they're looking for a different player mm-hmm. because the consistency it, it, it's there. Mm-hmm. It's consistently not good. Mm-hmm. And, and so at some point, you know, I'm going to give, like, you know, I'm going to give Harrison a little sliver of a, okay, maybe you are distracted because everyone in their dog is talking about how you're about to get traded.
2: Mm-hmm. And, and that, when dogs start talking, it's like hard to play basketball.
3: Yeah, it, it is. <laughs> it, it's uh, like everyone is barking. <laughs> It's out there, Kyle. It's yeah, yeah. everywhere that you're about to get traded. Yeah. That you were the centerpiece of Pascal Siakam deal. Mm-hmm. Like It doesn't feel good to think, okay, tomorrow I could be playing in Canada 3,000 miles away with my family here. Yeah. That doesn't feel good. And, well, and, so, and so maybe that's part of this. And on, but, on,
2: on, on top of that, imagine going to your job and you sit down to work or you do whatever you do to work and your boss goes, "Hey, FYI, we're thinking about
3: trying to replace you." So everyone do good work. Everyone knows that they might be trying to replace you, including you. Yeah, like, and they've communicated that to you. And on top of that, you haven't been playing particularly well. Yes. So I I, I get it
2: hundred percent. But the the counter to that to that sliver of of uh, grace that you're giving Harrison Barnes is like, get yeah, your job. Like, I, it's a little uh, that's that's a little bit part of this, dude.
3: Yes, I agree. You got $17 million filling up your bank account this year. Yeah, It's part of that job.
2: And 15% more if you get
3: traded. 15% (laughs) trade kicker. And the 15% is on the entirety of the money. Yeah. Not just what he has left, not just this year. No, no. It's it's what he has left this year, all of what he has left next year, and all of what he has left the year after that. That 19 million bucks... A 15% bump on 19 million bucks is what? $2.7 million.
2: In case anybody high up at Odyssey is listening, I would take 15% of $19 million. Yes. Please. Yes. Thanks. And that's That's just- going to be my opening it, if I ever get to negotiate.
3: There it is. It's going to be my opening. I'm going to guess, like his 15% trade Kicker is worth about six and a half to $7 million. Jeez. I'd take it. Yeah. <laughs> not going to say no. <laughs> no, so I so so but to your
2: point, it's also very difficult to go out and play well when and focus and lock in when you know that the team you're playing with is trying to get you out of there. And yeah. not just for Pascal Siakam. It wasn't like, hey, you know what? This is a one-time opportunity. You're here now, like we got you. This is a all right, well, hey, move on to the next deal.
3: Yeah, and I want to. There's a, a question in the chat. And yeah. Maybe I just hit the wrong one. Um, Herter got benched. Why not Barnes? There's a pretty simple answer there, Kyle, because you don't have a replacement for Harrison Barnes. Yeah, there's no. There's no there there is no. Chris Duarte. Yeah, there is no Chris Duarte. There were other options for Kevin Herter. And I would even say, like, Kevin Herter, as much as it's been his shooting issues, it really became his defensive issues that, mm. that sent him to the bench. And while Harrison Barnes isn't a great defender, he realistically, there are nights where he gets cooked. There are also other nights where you don't remember him or the guy he was playing against because he did a really solid job and he stuck with this guy.
2: Yeah. And they're and they're confident saying, hey, go check Paolo Bancaro full court. Yeah. Like that that's something that they can do with him. He can't necessarily do that with Kevin Herter. Kevin Herter, by the way, last night. Two of eleven from the field. Yeah. oh for six from three. But four points.
3: He, five boards, five assists, though. He played hard. Yes. He played defense. Yes. He had the big block. Yeah. Uh, you notice him on the court. Yes. Yes. Uh, so, yeah, I, I mean, yeah, you're not going to, every night's say, not going to be a great shooting night. All he has to do is take off the damn headband. headband. <laughs> it's not difficult. Like
2: people, oh, man, why isn't he shooting? Is it the trade? Is it, is it you were, you you were noticing a hitch in his motion? No, 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 man. Lose the headband, get rid of it. That's yeah.
0: it.
3: Like, it's not hard. He does that. He's going four for six from three. Book yes. it. Well, that, it, like, look, the other thing I'm going to point, like, a lot of people say, hey, Trey Lyles can move into starting lineup. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to kick back again and say the switchability of Keegan Murray and Harrison Barnes as a front court pairing mm-hmm there's no comparison when you add like Trey Lyles does not have the switch ability. He cannot guard multiple positions mm-hmm. unless we're talking about the four and the five, right? Like Harrison Barnes can at the three and the four. And that's just, it's a reality. Harrison Barnes has been a small forward his entire career. The fact that Keegan Murray can play the three as well, gives you a switching combination at the forward position that Trey Lyles just doesn't give you. And mm-hmm. like, look, I, I am one of the biggest like advocates of Trey Lyles getting more minutes that you're going to see. Because I think he's a really good ball player, but I also really like what Trey Lyles brings off the bench.
2: Yeah, I don't. I, I it, it, you said this yesterday about Kevin Herder, or the specifically the shooting guard position. It's not about who starts; it's about minutes. Yeah, like Malik Monk is your guy, right? Malik Monk's playing twenty eight minutes. Trey Lyles last night played thirty two minutes compared to fourteen for Harrison Barnes. Yeah, where those minutes, I don't, I don't care. As long as Trey Lyles is playing more minutes and closing games and doing all that, then great. Yeah. I I think the, the starting lineup tweak, the real, the real meaningful starting lineup tweak, because, okay, remove Harrison Barnes and put Trey Lyles into the starting lineup. I don't think you're going to see a, a a meaningful change for the Kings. I, I just, I, I, I don't maybe, maybe they start a little faster. So maybe they avoid getting, getting blown out like this that maybe, but, I shouldn't say like this.
3: Like they have this year? Yeah. Maybe. Sure. I'll tell you, he's a much better rebounder.
1: Yeah.
2: Like, there's no question. He's a much better (laughs) rebounder. The bar's not high.
3: And he's also, he's a uh, much more willing passer than Harrison Barnes. And Mm -hmm. Harrison Barnes isn't touching the ball enough to really, like, I, I just remember the first two possessions of the game I tweeted out, Harrison Barnes was super aggressive. The first thing he did... He, he took a guy off the dribble. He fired it to the corner for a wide-open three, mm-hmm. and somebody broke the wide-open three. That was the first play. The second play, he took it right to the rim, and he got fouled. He went to the free-throw line, missed both, mm-hmm. which is stunning. I mean, this is a career 80% free-throw yeah. shooter. He's the guy that you usually have take all your technicals. Mm-hmm. He goes 0 for 2 early in the game, and it set the tone. Yeah. Like The tone was set right there. Like the The missed three is like a downer. Two missed free throws in the first two minutes of a game is like, what is happening? Mm -hmm. And then next thing you know, you're down, you gave up 47 points. And I'm not putting it all on Harrison Barnes, but like the aggressive play early in the game was like, okay, there he is. Mm -hmm. And then nothing. That's That's the whole thing with Harrison Barnes right there. He had got to halftime and was zeros across the board, including O of two from the free throw line and had not taken a shot, an official shot with one assist. That's the only stat he had at halftime. Pretty didn't get, stunning.
2: Didn't get a lot better in the second half. Yeah. By the way, yeah, I, I'm, I, I'm, I'm with you. The, they don't have a replacement for Harrison Barnes, and that's why he's going to continue starting. But that's also why they're trying to make a trade. Yes. And whoever, I think whoever they trade for, whether it's a name everybody's heard of or more of a, I don't want to say, I I don't mean like mid level like MLE guy. Yeah mid-level exception guy and like a mid-tier NBA player that's what they're looking to upgrade so I think whenever they do make a move because I think they will it's going to m- meaningfully impact their starting lineup oh, I... how big how big it meaningfully impacts it I don't know whether it's a two percent upgrade or a 40 percent upgrade I don't I don't know but that's when I think you'll see a a change in the in the starting
3: five yeah I mean, they they have to have someone else to put in the game. Mm-hmm. Like they're they're. I mean, that's at the end of the day. Mm-hmm. Like if you're going to make a move, it's because you have someone who's like noticeably better, markedly better, and you mm-hmm. can put out there and know that you're going to improve the position.
2: Yeah, and and particularly with Trey Lyles, I've for a long time I've I've pushed back a little bit on the idea of like, well, you need this coming off the bench, but I think they do with Malik Monk and Trey Lyles specifically. Like having that second unit to bail out the first unit when they don't play well is great. Yes. If the first if the first unit doesn't play well and then you're bringing Harrison Barnes off the bench, like oh boy,
3: like things could get out of hand. So I, I'm maybe with more opportunity he would be fine. Like may, I, maybe. Maybe. And again, I'm totally fine if Harrison Barnes is is a your reserve three four. Like, I, but the fact is you need to find someone who can improve the rest of the lineup. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I, it's gonna be a it's gonna be a really interesting couple of weeks because like, look, the Kings intend to make moves. They're not trying to sit here. Yep. I mean, I, they went as far as you could go, pretty much, without landing Pascal Siakam this last week. Yep. And and we're we're gonna see more of that in the coming weeks. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
2: Yeah. No, I, I I think you're right. We talked about some lineup tweaks yesterday. Every single one you brought up happened. Well done by you.
3: I will honestly tell you, I had no idea that they were going to do those. I just, it's one of those feelings you get like with it when you've been around a coach for long enough. Mm-hmm. You start to understand where they're going on most times. When you see Keon Ellis have a nice night, when you see Alex Len again make an impact in his minutes, uh, and when you see Kevin Herter start to wake up, like, look, this team needs Kevin Herter. They do. I, I mean, until there's someone better, the Kings need Kevin Herter.
2: It is a major, this is, a major reason for their offensive step backwards, I guess. Oh, totally is Kevin Herter. Yeah, that's I, I, that's not to put it that's not to put it all on him, but you had you had a player in Kevin Herter last year who was just so dangerous from beyond the arc, and a player that man when he got open you got teams scrambling and and they're they are he is affecting defenses. There is a gravitational pull when he gets the dribble handoff and he gets behind Damanis Abonis. It's like, oh, God, we got to get out there. And this year it's just not there. And when you're losing, he he was 15 points a game last year. He's at 10, 9.8 this year. Whew. That's... <laughs> like they're, they're five, For a
3: guy who was your third leading scorer last year. 5.4 fewer points per game. It's, it's really wild this step back he's taken. But... At the same time, you've seen Keegan Murray take that step forward. You've seen De'Aaron Fox take a major sure. step forward. To be honest, at this point, you're seeing, like, Demonis Sabonis take a step forward. Yeah. He yeah, went over, over 20 points per game two weeks. last night. He went to 20.1 points per game. Um, and, and you're seeing him kind of start to figure things out too. So, yeah. I, I mean, I like, look, this team is all over the board, but they're still eight games over 500. They're still mm-hmm. moving the right direction, even if it's, you know two steps forward one step back
2: yeah yeah i'm trying to get the numbers here for debonis Sabonis um in his last 13 games so since december 16th i just picked i just clicked a game yeah that's where those 23 points 13 boards nine assists it's pretty good
3: yeah he's playing out of 65. his mind 65.7 percent from the field <laughs> Yeah, he's at, for the season, he's at 20.1, 12.8 rebounds, which leads the NBA, and 7.8 assists. Those assist numbers continue to climb, which is, that's wild. For his assist numbers to get up to 7.8. Man. Like, we're talking, like, really, really, really good point guard numbers Mm -hmm. to go with the league's leading rebounder. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, he just continues to improve. He's shooting 39% from three, 60% from the field. We're shooting. Yeah, Keegan Murray's all the way up to 37% shooting from 3 all of a sudden. Harrison Barnes. Like for as much as people want to say, "Hey, I don't know about Harrison Barnes." He's shooting 41% from 3.
2: Yeah, no, when he takes them he makes them. For yeah. sure. Yeah. But you to start drawing up plays for Harrison Barnes? Yeah.
3: It's tough.
2: Hey, maybe that's maybe that's the key. Maybe get Harrison Barnes going by Kicking him the ball in the corner more often, I don't
3: know. Yeah, you got to find some way to get him more involved. I, I think it's also it's pretty stunning to see that uh, Trey Lyles is all the way up to 40.7% from three. This team is really shooting the ball well over the last couple of weeks, and you're starting to see their numbers really start to jump up. They're up to 12th in the league in, in three-point percentage at 37.2. Remember when they were like second in three-point attempts and second in three-point makes, but mm-hmm. they were shooting, I mean, they were like 22nd and three-point percentage, we're starting to see the like the positive yeah. steps forward.
2: Yeah, the progression.
3: Yeah, the, I, yeah hate the, progression I hate the progression to the mean.
2: I hate the term <laughs> positive regression. That doesn't exist. Regression is going backwards. Yes. Progression is the opposite of regression. Yes. You don't say positive regression. Hmm. If a player averages twenty points a game for their career and then they start the season in the first month they're scoring 10 points a game and then they start scoring 30 a game and somebody goes man is he a 30 per, point per game scorer you go no he's progressing to the mean. yes not there's a positive regression happening <sighs> it positive. really sticks it's a thing that doesn't matter that sticks in my craw there's a lot of those uh so i just want to i just want to uh, have to uh, get some applause here for James Ham you had Keon Ellis getting back in the rotation only played 4 minutes last night
3: yeah, but, but he was the first one of the first dudes off the bench.
2: One of the first players off the bench. You had Kevin Herter starting for Chris Duarte, and you had Alex Len over Javale McGee. Alex Len played. Javale McGee did not. So, uh, congratulations, applause for you. You nailed it. Well done. Yes, you can hang that one. Out. I'll send you home with this uh, with this rundown.
3: The rundown. Though and I need yesterday's put it up on the rundown. Fridge. Yesterday's rundown. Oh boy,
2: it's gone. Called it's it. long gone. Uh, it might still be over there. I might have it in my little stack of papers that I have here. In just, the, in
3: the... I don't need the rundown.
2: So you said no. So you said that you didn't have any idea that this was that this was going to happen. It's not like you had inside info from Mike Brown that he was going to do this. And so you just said it on the radio and then it happened. That triggered something I wanted to say. You are now in my group of friends. It's a small group that when like you get a text message, I'm like,
3: oh, what's
2: that say? Like, It's not my business. It's not, but every once in a while, you'll get a text where you'll go like, hmm, Hmm. like why are you, yeah, that noise, that what you just did, like what's that, what do you got?
3: (sighs) Yeah, I, you don't always tell me, sometimes you do though. Yeah, (laughs) I'm like with my inner circle, I'm pretty, like I usually am pretty honest about what's happening, Yeah. Uh, but you know, again, there's, there's a lot of things that we know that we can't, yeah, right.
2: Because you're it, rumors
3: and yeah, things and of then that like in this situation, there's a lot of things we just flat out don't know. Like I, mm-hmm. I would like to tell you that the Kings are gonna go make a deal with the Portland Trailblazers and come back with Malcolm Brogdon And hey, look, they got Matisse Thibault thrown in on the deal. I, I would like to tell you that's gonna happen. I don't know. Yeah, like, yeah right. that's not out mm-hmm. there. That's not something like. But I will tell you that this this group they like to play in the media where it's all out there. A lot of things are out there. Mm-hmm. And then the things that they actually do are not out there most of the time. Mm. And so like nobody, like we had heard that Sabonis and the Kings, you know, was a, a potential thing. But like in December or, or, or November, when it was like, hey, the Pacers might move on from uh, Sabonis and that might be an interesting fit for the Kings. Then it went dormant. We saw nothing. And then boom. Like that's how the this group works. So I, I do think that there's a an interesting way that they do business, mm-hmm. um, and like it's hard to sometimes it's hard to read. There was one time you got a text and you made
2: a, the hmm noise, and I went, you got to tell me because we're doing show prep, and I'm sitting across from you, and I'm like, bro, you got to let me know what's going on, and it was something about like. Somebody needed to give somebody a ride to school or, oh. or, or I, think it's, I think maybe your your son had forgotten his backpack or something. Oh. And I was just like, oh, well. Oh, no, I never forgot. mind then. <laughs> I drove
3: away with a car with his backpack <laughs> yeah, in that's the right. car. That's what it was. Yeah. That's what it was. Yeah. And I was
2: yeah. like, oh, well, well, never mind.
3: Yeah. The wife switched cars. I didn't need to know that. <laughs> the wife said, hey, I need to take uh, the, the one car to work today. And I said, okay, I'll take the van. I drove the van. I looked down. I'm halfway to work. And there's the backpack sitting in the floorboard. Yeah. No. Hmm. <laughs> yeah, I was like, "Oh, what does that mean?" That's yeah. funny. I, I've uh, drawn Couple up, people in my life like that. I've drawn up a really fancy, oh. um, like numbers, numbers thing. This that, is good. That's good radio that we can we can uh, we can walk through in great. a little while. Uh, is it, that for Siakam stuff? It is for Siakam stuff.
2: Okay, great. We will get to the Siakam stuff. I want to also talk about the idea of a win is a win. Yes. And whether that pertains to this team. But next, I'm going to take you through the seven Kings wins you meet in heaven. Oh. I have seven types of Kings win. I have classified each of their games from this year under one of those types of wins. And we're going to go through it next on ESPN 1320 Sacramento Sports later.
1: This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what?